and your big sister. All right, so that's the R-rated drama, Dear Zoe, right here on Silver Screen Previews. Welcome to the show to the November 4th edition of Silver Screen Previews. I'm your host, Rob Martin, and on the other side of the glass, we welcome first-time co-host, Annie Gill. Get that into your mind, people. Hi. Welcome to the show, Annie Gill. How you doing? And tell everybody about yourself. I'm doing very well. Thank you for having me tonight. Um, I am a singer, actor, voiceover artist, teacher, mom, wife. I try. I wear many hats. Um, <laughs> but yes, I am an actor. And actually, I have been very fortunate this year to film three movies so far. So I am a part of the movie business, and I also really love to watch movies. So it is a pleasure to be here. Thank you, and uh, we appreciate you guys joining us live right now on Instagram Live and all across the uh, Buzzsprout podcast that we have up. Just tap on the link, and you'll check out the latest episodes of this program and previous episodes as well. Uh, Welcome to the show. All right, so we're talking about Dear Zoe, the brand-new film coming out from uh, newcomer Sadie Sink, who we've seen, obviously, on Stranger Things. Uh, Annie Gill, give us your evaluation of this film. Okay, so I, first and foremost, with all of these films, I'm coming at at them from a place of compassion, being an actor myself. I know a lot goes into making it. However, I will be honest. (laughs) Um, So I don't watch Stranger Things. So I'm coming in with very fresh eyes. I, of course, know of Sadie Singh and many of the actors on um, Stranger Things because it's such a successful show, but I have never watched it. This movie for me was problematic in that it was really laden with cliches. You know, I really do feel like people were trying their best with the material that they had. But for me, much of this movie just really missed the mark. And again, I don't mean to be down on them uh, because I think they did the best they could with what they had. Yes, I did not enjoy it. (laughs) I'm sorry to say. Um, I think Sadie Sink was really great in some scenes. I think, though, she really let the melodrama carry her away in other scenes. But sometimes you don't know as an actor, is that the actor's choice or is that the director's choice? Mm -hmm. Or, you know, who is arriving at those character decisions? I think the parts that really touched me about this movie, so I don't... her younger sister dies and then this is kind of the whole movie deals with the fallout and the grief of this younger sister dying so certainly I think for me the most touching things were the flashback scenes where you actually see her interacting with her younger sister so those really did make me emotional but unfortunately for me that was kind of where it ended because I just kind of felt like this movie couldn't decide what it wanted to be too whether it wanted to be a a young adult drama or a Hallmark movie or a movie about grief or whether it just wanted to be about loss and then it took place during 9-11 too so that was thrown in there I don't know there was a lot going on and for me it kind of just came out jumbled Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, is there anything about this film that you could say that you enjoyed, or parts of it that you say like, "Oh, that's what light. That's lighthearted. I like that." Yes. Yes. Certainly, the flashback scenes. That, I mean, especially with her younger sister, I really enjoyed those. I think, in particular, the beginning was the most effective for me. 
I don't know. It had a very sudden impact. You felt their grief, the entire family's grief, right away. And then I really enjoyed the performance overall of Sadie's dad, that actor. Theo Rossi. Yeah, Theo Rossi. Tremendous job there. Yes, yes. I think he, probably he and Sadie Sink were the standouts to me. And even the, the, the youngest sister, the little, little girl, right. I thought she was very good. Her performance was very genuine and, and heartfelt to me. So I would say those were the highlights. All right, so, me. great. So, so final verdict, what do you give this, a, th- a thumbs up or a thumbs down? Unfortunately, I'm going to have to give it a thumbs down overall. I don't think the good outweighed the, the not as good enough. For my watching, don't come at me, Stranger Things fans. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. This show, we uh, we give you our honest opinions. We're not going to flesh mm-hmm. out any kind of narrative that, oh, we can't criticize people because, oh, it's such a popular show, or you know, right. well, we can't attack these actors. I'm like, no, mm-hmm. everybody is fair game. If you put product out there, you're available for criticism, just like I'm available for criticism. So why should they be exempt? Okay? That's the way I see it in my years, uh, long years of broadcasting experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, you say, live by the sword, you die by the sword. And that's how I right. live through this, through this show. Uh, on my end, I thought that this was a very personal story of tragedy and, and trying to heal from it. Uh, I thought that Sadie mm-hmm. Sink was very... Uh, she delivered a very deep performance as Tess, and that worked to her advantage here. Theo Rossi, uh, standout performance as the father, as you saw more of him than you did uh, Jessica Capshaw's ca- uh, character uh, of the mother uh, of, of Sadie right. Simpson in, in, the, in the film. The, the story between her and Jimmy, I think, is a little bit forced. I think that it was, they focused too much on that, and it was totally unnecessary based on the fact that the story, the main story, was about Zoe. The, the younger sister that Tess loses in the movie. And instead, they try to divert you into this little thing here, into their story of love, which looks forced uh, from the outset. Yeah. I don't buy it at all. Uh, I just thought that... And, and the fact that they're doing marijuana, <laughs> it's, like, it's like they're enabling or they're you know encouraging marijuana use. Uh, that's also a, a, a bad sign for me on this end. Uh, the, story, the story in the end goes in circles. I didn't really like the way they did that. Uh, because there was no definitive conclusion or definitive ending to this film, and I thought that was the major problem here. In the end, yes, I give this movie a thumbs down, unfortunately, because of that. Uh, I thought they just reach a conclusion. You get, you have the, 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 the crux of the story there. Just give me the ending. Give me, give me a finality there. Don't just, don't just do da-da-da-da-da-doop, and then just end the story right. there. Like, what is this? Okay, no, forget it. Let's move on. So we agreed to give a both thumbs down to Dear Zoe. Our second film tonight on Silver Screen Previews is the long-awaited Mel Gibson film <laughs> on the line. So Mel Gibson is in this one. This is an uh, R-rated film, and it's a mystery thriller directed by Romulad Bolanger in theaters today and also on VOD. Stars uh, Mel Gibson, William Mosley, alias Sarah O'Neill. A host takes a call where an unknown person threatens to kill the showman's entire family on the air. So I believe here's a clip from On the Line with Mel Gibson. I keep you on the air, I'm sorry. All right, that's uh, On the Line with uh, Mel Gibson. Okay, uh, lots to go through on this film. All right, uh, uh, Annie, give us your opinion on this one. Oh, okay. I am a 
positive person in life. I don't want you to get the wrong uh, impression, but man, this was another uh, big miss for me. First, I will say, I do like Mel Gibson as an actor. I am a fan of his work. And I even thought he was pretty good in this. I think he can still act really well. However, wow, there's just so much going on here that doesn't work and doesn't make sense. I mean, something that just jumped out at me from the very start, he's supposed to be the the father of this little five-year-old girl. And his wife is much younger than him, so okay, whatever, we can suspend disbelief there, sure, why not? But for a moment, you really believe what's going on. And I, and I don't want to give away too much information because this right. has several <laughs> misdirections. And if you're going to watch it, we really have to be careful what we say because we don't want to give away many things about this film. However. <laughs> However. But that, look, there is a, yeah, there is a, a very, very important turning point in this film. Mm-hmm. That turns it on a dime, and we don't want to give that away, but continue, go ahead. Yes, but I just felt like, again, there were a lot of cliches. I kind of felt like this was almost trying to take the concept of the movie Taken and flip it around. Nothing was quite believable. I I didn't believe a lot of the relationships. I don't know because they, (laughs) they weren't well established before it really got into the meat of the story. Right, right. Um, just many things didn't click for me in this movie. All right. Yeah. Okay, so we, we talk about the characters, what leads into this whole situation. Mm-hmm. Does Mel Gibson portray a, a really interesting and believable talk show host? Yes. I, I would think so because I, I can see where he's going with it to be one of these shock jocks or just the really, you know, say what he thinks kind of personas and he's able to capture that for sure i mean i think always something with actors like mel gibson that you now have with johnny depp or even in some ways tom cruise is they're larger than life we know so much about their personal lives and their behind the camera situations as it has played out in the media does it then become difficult for us to separate the person with the character. Right. Now, for me, I think Mel Gibson was successful in his role in this movie. I really do. I, I For me, his performance registered in many ways, but I just don't... I think, again, it was just the, the movie as a whole that dragged everything down. The movie as a whole dragged it down? Interesting. Oh. Yeah, I, well, because now I know what happened at the end. I think as I went along, I was going along with it. But for me, because of that, yes, because of that, I think if you look at it, it may be in sections. Okay, yes, in sections, I'm believing things. I'm going with the plot. I'm going with the the different twists and turns. But for me, it was the end that's that sunk it. (laughs) Interesting. (laughs) All right, give us your final verdict. Unfortunately, it's a thumbs down. All right, so thumbs down from Andy Gill, our brand new co-host on this uh, program, uh, Silver Screen Previews, on the uh, latest Mel Gibson thriller, On the Line. Mel Gibson, for me, is an actor that basically can do no wrong because of his previous history in directing and obviously acting. This is up his alley. He makes the perfect uh, talk show host. I don't know why he hasn't tried this in the past, but maybe now he's, he saw this come across his desk as a script. Is like, you know what? I'm going to do this. I'm like, okay. 
Fine. He does really well here. I think that his persona coming into the station and all that stuff it, it plays off mm-hmm. interestingly convincing. And on top of that, the side characters, yeah, okay, they may be a little lame, to say the least. The only interesting character is the one played by uh, the supposed killer, played by Paul Spira, as the, the guy who abducts his family in the beginning of the film. So we see that. And then we try, that he, this basically takes us on a long trip throughout the entire film of the killer being inside the building and then trying to play games with Mel Gibson's mind and everybody else in the whole cast. I'm like, okay, this is not very accurate when it comes to radio station uh, protocol or, right. or, or or things that they would do on the air. I mean, they, they took this to an extreme uh, mm-hmm. as far as a situation that happens inside a radio station, which I have never seen before, anything like that uh, to this day. But uh, the story is interesting. It hits hard. And in the end, I liked it because it was different. It was different. Uh, it gave you a scenario like, wow, they went there. Wow, man, this is crazy. But I liked it because it was different. For some people, it may not be your cup of tea when you see the ending. But just know that there's another ending to the ending. So there's like two endings here. Some people will think that, oh, I've been cheapened out of my hour and a half. But it doesn't work that way, folks. I mean, they're trying to do something different. So they throw a major curveball here at you. So, you know, I gave it a thumbs up for its effort. The actors did a great job uh, in this, in, yeah. in totality. So we agree to disagree, myself and yeah. Andy Gill. Andy Gill gives us a movie <laughs> a thumbs down on on the line with Mel Gibson. And I give it a thumbs up for its creativity and its plot twist. Okay? All right, let's move on. Our uh, third and final film tonight on Silver Screen Previews is the long-awaited Enola Holmes Part 2. And this is PG-13 mystery thriller directed by Harry Bradbeer. It's in theaters on October 28th, and it's on Netflix today. stars Millie Bobby Brown, Henry Cavill, and Helena Bonham Carter. Now a detective for hire, Enola takes on her first official case to find the missing girl as sparks of a dangerous conspiracy ignite. Here's a clip. Millie Bobby Brown dancing the night away in uh, Enola Holmes Part 2. All right, Annie Gill, your evaluation of this film. Okay, so I definitely like this one for many reasons. I had no preconceived notions about what this would be like. Of course, I'm familiar with Sherlock Holmes and have seen other movies about Sherlock Holmes. But these are all new uh, actors in these roles to me. I had not even seen Enola Holmes, the original, But the good news is, about this, you didn't necessarily need to see the first one. It probably would have helped, especially with Enola's relationship with her um, leading man. That probably would have filled in a little more backstory for me. But not having seen the first one, this movie stands alone with uh, the plot, what's going on, and the actors in their roles. I really love Henry Cavill. I think he's a great actor. He was a really good Sherlock Holmes And I think what stood out for me in this movie is when you say chemistry, that sometimes implies always romantic chemistry. But no, you can have chemistry in a variety of ways. And I liked the chemistry of Millie Bobby Brown and Henry Cavill as brother and sister, but definitely with the age gap. So you see the difference in how they approach their cases. Interesting point. Interesting point. Yes. I liked... 
the chemistry between them and Helena Bottom Carter in the flashbacks, and you see her too in real time, but I think she's just charming and wacky, and, and I think she really added a nice supporting role to this. And then just all, all the supporting characters and even the, the really small parts, I to me, were all really well acted, and it was like all of these little things going on, which happens in a great mystery, and then as the movie continues, they all weave together. Mm-hmm. And even the two cases weave together, which I'm not spoiling anything because that is in the, the extended Yeah, trailer. that happens. A lot of that is established in the first act, so there's nothing we're missing here. Go right. ahead, continue. Right. I thought, I mean, this is a period piece, clearly, and they have the Netflix budget and money behind them, and they used it well. It really was great. They did such a good job of creating these big atmospheric scenes where you knew exactly where you where you were, what time of day it was, who was there, the feeling of it. I just thought visually it really read so well. The costumes are beautiful, but that's all. That seems all surface, but it really plays into just the characterization and the plot of everything too. Um, because you watch and it's a murder mystery and even, you know, um, you have to think this is kind of the time of Jack the Ripper uh, in London. Yeah. And, and so all of that where today we have all these forensics, you know, at, the, at this time when this takes place, they would have to use other tactics to solve a crime. So it was very, very cool to see how with the technology and knowledge of that time, they put that into the mystery. All right, so in ending, thumbs up or thumbs down? Definite thumbs up. I oh. really enjoyed it. Thank you so much, Andy Gill. <laughs> thumbs up for Enola Holmes 2. I personally mm-hmm. saw the first film, and I gave it a thumbs up. Unfortunately, on this one, I did not enjoy this film. Oh. <laughs> yeah, look, it killed the charm of the first one. And why is this film two hours long? I have a serious problem with the editing of this film on top of the fact that Millie Bobby Brown, I think she bit off too much that they could chew here. It's like they gave her an extra 30 minutes to try and, and, and delve into that world. And that, to myself, is, is a big mistake. Because she overacts here. You know, Millie Bobby Brown is good in sample sizes, okay? When you give her two hours, that's just overplaying the hand, in my opinion, because she overacts, as I just mentioned. It gets annoying. And when she's talking to the camera like it's a third person, nah, no, come on. You can do better than that. Don't do too much, Millie. I know you're a young actress, but you can do a lot better than that, okay? Uh, it feels forced in many aspects. Henry Cavill and, Hen- Hen- and uh, Helena Bonham Carter are the bright spots in the movie, obviously because of their acting prowess and experience behind, you know, in front of the lens. So, obviously, they are not the problem here. The problem is the editing and too much Millie Bobby Brown. It really should have gone, it should have been through a, a couple of more uh, script edits before it reached the final processing. So, unfortunately, on my end, I have to give this uh, Enola Holmes 2 a thumbs down. Okay, we will disagree on that one, too. <laughs> there you go. So, we disagree. Uh, Andy Gill gives it a thumbs up, and I give it a thumbs down for Enola Holmes. Very good. All right, let's move on. Let's do a recap of this week's films on Silver Screen Previews. First of all, uh, on Dear Zoe. Uh, Annie? 
give us your a, a quick analysis there? Okay, so even though there are some really heartfelt moments that really brought a tear to my eye, on the whole, it was a little too melodramatic and heavy-handed for me, so I will unfortunately have to give it a thumbs down. Very good. So a thumbs down. I also gave this movie a thumbs down on the, the facts that uh, Sadie Sink, not to her fault, I think it was the scriptwriter's fault, they just mm-hmm. went around and around and around with the problem, surrounding the problem with exterior scenes and, and situations for the actress to play off of without reaching a, a, a definitive and satisfying ending. It just kept going in circles, so I gave it a thumbs down. On our second film tonight on Silver Screen Previews, on the line, Annie Gill. For me, a great performance from Mel Gibson. I think he really carries the movie, and obviously this movie was designed for him to be the focus. Some interesting concepts. It takes you uh, down roads where you don't expect. There are a lot of surprises. But overall, for me, the ending really sunk the movie for me because it kind of went into a totally different direction. Overall, I give this movie a thumbs down. All right, so a thumbs down from Andy Gill. I gave this film a thumbs up based on the creativity. And it also reminded me a lot of other psychological thrillers such as Ambulance, Phone Booth, and Die Hard to some respect. And a little bit of speed based on having the maniacal, crazy character. So this played perfectly into uh, Mel Gibson's hands as the hero of the film. So I give it a thumbs up. On our third and final film tonight on Silver Screen Previews, Enola Holmes 2. Andy Gill? Okay, so I guess I'm a sucker for a period piece because I really like this. (laughs) I thought... Strong performances from Helena Bonham Carter and Henry Cavill. I liked Millie Bobby Brown, but I did agree that there was a little too much direct-to-camera. They definitely could have cut down on that. Overall, though, I enjoyed it. I think maybe because I didn't watch the original Enola Holmes, I don't have anything to compare it to. Right. So, and standing alone, in my opinion, I liked, so I give a thumbs up on this one. Very good. I gave this film a thumbs down because of Millie Bobby Brown and her overacting. The script was too long. They should have cut it. Uh, It's just unexcusable when you have something good going, like you had in the first Enola Holmes film, to overdo it and oversaturate with too much stuff and really no direction in the end. And just too much Millie Bobby Brown. I just can't state it enough. Cut this film down to 90 minutes. Don't make it two hours. This is not a spectacle, folks. And who knows if there will be a part three from the other reviews I'm I'm seeing. Uh, This is getting positive reviews. But what are you guys seeing? Are you just kowtowing to Millie Bobby Brown? Or can you be a little bit more critical and criticize a little bit of her acting and overact? I see it that way. So I gave this film a thumbs down. All right. (laughs) I hate to end the show on a downer. Yeah, the Stranger Things crowd, they roll out hard for their actors. I mean, they really, yeah. That's fine. That's that's great. But you have to, you know, criticize each actor on the same level as every other actor you have seen in Hollywood in the past. I'm sorry, but that's just the way you have to approach it. And not just say that, oh, because my favorite actor is going to be in the movie. Oh, he does a fantastic job, or she does a fantastic job all the time. You have to be critical. Critical thinking. That's what we do on this show. So, very good. Annie Gill, it's been a pleasure. Yes. Oh, yes, it's been a pleasure, too. These, You know, I'm, I'm so thankful to you for asking me on the show because, honestly... These are three movies that I would not have sought out by myself. So I'm glad that I had the chance to watch them because even when a movie doesn't land all the way or you don't enjoy certain things, you can you can still take away things from every piece of work, you know, that's out there. Definitely. 
No, without a doubt. That's 100% correct. Andy Gill, please please give us your social media coordinates uh, so everybody can reach you and follow you. Yes, I am Annie Gill, A-N-N-I-E-G-I-L-L, on uh, Instagram. I'm also on Facebook as Annie Gill, uh, but I, I like Instagram better, usually. <laughs> but you can connect with me on either place. I don't do Twitter, and I don't do Snapchat or TikTok. I just... Neither do I. I. Like to, yeah. <laughs> I believe in keeping the show organic because if, if you get too much into those realms, uh, mm-hmm. things are going to go bad. I really, you know, this show is what it is. It's been successful to to this point because of the formula that I've had it on. So I really don't want to go into those uh, frames of minds that you know sometimes are uncontrollable. So I keep it that right. way. <laughs> Andy Gill, thank you so much for being on the show. We will hopefully see you again in the future. Yes, thank you. I would love it, and thank you for having me. Shout out to everybody out there. I've seen a couple of my friends tune in. And so, yes, everybody go watch this episode and then check out the movies and see what you think for yourself. There you go. Thank you so much, Andy Gill. We'll catch you along the way. Uh, Programming note, folks, we are back here on next Friday on uh, November 11th. So on behalf of Andy Gill, I'm your host, Rob Martin. And we'll see you right back here next time on Silver Screen Previews. Have a great night, everybody. Bye.